There are no flukes in this Super Bowl. You got the real deal. Welcome back to Baskin and Phelps. I'm Jeff Phelps. My buddy over there is Andy Baskin. We go now to the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline, which actually takes us to Arizona for the Super Bowl. Aaron Schatz joins us, and Aaron is the executive, uh, the guy who did it, started it, runs it, Football Outsiders, and footballoutsiders.com. You can follow Aaron on Twitter, at F-O underscore A Schatz, S-C-H-A-T-Z. Aaron, good to have you with us. Thank you for your hey, time. Aaron. Hey, good to be here, man. Thanks for having me on the show. I, I like the matchup. Kansas City, Philadelphia, if you're looking for two teams that you would have thought, all right, this would make for a good Super Bowl, I would think this might be the best matchup you can get. How do you see it playing out? Who do you like? And um, maybe what's the most intriguing thing about this matchup to you? Yeah, I mean, it's not going to shock you when I say this is a close matchup. I think everybody you've probably talked to about it has said the same thing. I mean, they're really good teams. Um, you know, the, the line we've sort of been using around here is that the Chiefs, it's like the Chiefs have the three best players and the Eagles have like players four through 30, which is a little bit of an exaggeration. There are plenty of good players on the Chiefs. But obviously, I mean, Mahomes is a very special quarterback. Travis Kelsey might be the best tight end of all time. Chris Jones is super at defensive tackle. But then the Eagles just have so many good players in so many other places and, and so much depth like, you know, on their defensive line, for example, where they had four players with at least 10 sacks, including three different edge rushers, so they can constantly cycle guys in to come and get you. And I think that might be the most interesting matchup of the game because the Eagles' pass rush had the highest sack rate of any pass rush in the NFL since the 2000 New Orleans Saints against a very good Kansas City offensive line. And Patrick Mahomes, who, you know, we don't know exactly what the status of his ankle is, but he should be healthier than he was two weeks ago. And he was healthy enough two weeks ago to play very well against Cincinnati, including, by the way, really good under pressure and really good when he had to leave the pocket, despite the fact that he had the ankle injury. Hmm. But when I look at uh, this matchup, too, I, I keep thinking about the quarterbacks and Jalen Hurts. How do you think he was able to accomplish what he was able to accomplish so quick? I mean... I, I really think that if he has doubters, he can put them all the rest in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, some of it is his own talents, and some of it is what is around him. I mean, he's been in a an offense that was well-built for his strengths by Shane Steichen, who's the offensive coordinator in Philadelphia and whose name I might be mangling. <laughs> uh, but it's something like Shane Steichen. Um, you know, obviously they put a lot of talent with him. I mean, going out and trading for A.J. Brown was huge. Devontae Smith is a great receiver. They may have the best offensive line in the game. Uh, but some of it is Hurts himself just improving and playing well, like he's really good on the deep throw. Or, for example, last year he had problems throwing in the middle of the field. This year he actually ranked third in our numbers in total value on passes to the short middle part of the field, which is very important because the Chiefs' defense is really weak there. They are 30th against passes in the short middle of the field. And Nick Bolton, who is strong against the run, is not strong in coverage, a linebacker from the Kansas City Chiefs. So uh, Hertz has done a really good job of filling holes in his game, and one of those holes that he filled just happens to attack a Kansas City weakness. Aaron Schatz joining us from footballoutsiders.com. This matchup, I think, is intriguing. We sit here in Cleveland and think, okay, what does this tell us about our football team? I, 
I think two things. We've talked about the weaknesses on this team all year, Aaron, defensive line. And, boy, take a look at the Eagles. They have a pretty good defensive line. We understand the defensive line in Kansas City. That's also pretty good. And then multiple weapons for the quarterback at the wide receiver spot. Both teams have that. If you're the Browns, what are you looking at at the Super Bowl and thinking, okay, we can learn from this? Well, here's the positive, right, is that these are two of the top offensive lines in the league. But if you looked at, if you were to say the three top offensive lines in the league, you probably would put Cleveland in that group. So that's one thing that these two teams demonstrate as being important that I think Cleveland is good on, Uh, right? I mean, I think the center position is up in the air right now, but the rest of the offensive line is obviously very, very good. Um, You know, as far as everything else, look, I mean, first of all, the quarterback position is a question because we have to figure out what on earth was going on with Deshaun Watson in the last five games of the year. And what is he like next year? Right? Like if he comes in with a full training camp and he's in football shape in the same time as everybody else, and does he go back to being the quarterback that he was in Houston or is he, uh, is he not that guy anymore, which would be a real problem given how much money they're giving him. I mean, weapons are important, but the Chiefs don't have great weapons. I I don't know if Juju Smith-Schuster and and Valdez Scantling and Tony is any better than having Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones. And, Hmm. you know, I mean, obviously they have, you know, Kelsey is super special. Joku is is merely good as opposed to, like, possibly the best tight end of all time. Um, You know, Philadelphia shows the importance of depth. Uh, but they also show that in order to build that depth, it helps to have a quarterback uh, on a rookie contract. And that is not happening for the Cleveland Browns. So if they want to build a team, it has to be more in the Kansas City style than in the Philadelphia style. They're, they're never going to have as much depth as the Eagles have this year because they just are spending too much money at the quarterback position. Um, you talked about Travis Kelsey, who's from Cleveland, Cleveland Heights. And uh, just I'm curious your thoughts on when you say – you know, and I've heard this argument and read some pretty good stories the last couple of days that he could be the best tight end of all time. What makes him that, and what could make him that too? Does that make sense? I mean, he's special at getting open. In, he just gets open he, incredibly easily. Uh, and then, you know, getting yards after the catch. And he is a good blocker. Like, you don't think of him as a good blocker because he doesn't block that much because he's so good in routes. Why would you want him to block that much? But (laughs) he is a good blocker, and he's good at chipping on his way out for routes. And so if you think of it like Bill James, the baseball historian, you know, always would split the greatest player into two, uh, two categories, right? The greatest peak player and the greatest career player. And I think Travis Kelsey is second on both lists. I think the greatest peak tight end of all time is Gronk. And I think the greatest career tight end of all time is Tony Gonzalez. But right now, Kelsey is probably second in both categories. And give him a couple more years of this, and he passes Gonzalez in the sort of career value quality uh, you know, category. And he's holding up at kind of an advanced age for a tight end. You know, 33 years old. I mean, I don't know when a decline is going to come, but so far, so good. I mean, he was really good. You know, he didn't have his greatest year this year, but close to it. If you're the uh, if you're the Philadelphia Eagles here, are you thinking, all right, we're just now really kind of reaching our peak. and, And this could be the, you know, the start of of a dynasty in Philadelphia, at least a, you know, perennial contender. Or is this a team that got hot at the right time, Aaron, and made it to the Super Bowl? No, perennial contender. 
there's no question that there are some older players who may be gone after this year. They probably don't re-sign James Bradbury at cornerback. Jason Kelsey might be near retirement at some point. But they've prepared for some of these things. I mean, for example, they drafted a center in the second round this year. So if Kelsey's ready to retire, and he, you know, he doesn't have to retire because of how good he is. It would just be because he's kind of tired. Like, you know, let's say the guy wins his second Super Bowl ring. You might want to call it quits. They have Cam Jurgens ready to come right into the lineup behind him. So, like, they, they, are not, they are not, you know, blowing it all on this year. Like, they are prepared to, to play well for the next couple of years. Now, here's the problem. At some point soon, they have to pay Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts was a second-round pick and not a first-round pick. There's no fifth-year option. So next year is the last year on Jalen Hurts' contract. So it's time to sign him to an extension. When they sign up to an extension, that's going to be a lot of money that they can't give to other players. So a lot of their depth is going to be gone. But, you know, with the players they have, even with a little less depth and with Hurts playing so well, I don't think there's a question the Eagles are going to be in contention for at least the next couple of years. Hmm. I don't know. I just, uh, I'm going to throw a Browns question in on you, too, just because I know we're talking about the Super Bowl. What, what do you think about the Browns as they move forward into the future? Obviously, they don't have a first-round pick, and Deshaun Watson now. Uh, we'll go into his first full season with the Browns. So just your thoughts on the Browns. Yeah, it's just the, the, we, we were looking earlier today, you know, in preparation for me coming on at sort of what's going on with them. And they're not losing a lot of key free agents, right? The right. problem is where's the money and the draft picks to build in the places they need to build? And I think number one, some people might think wide receiver is number one, but I think number one is you've got Jim Schwartz coming in there to run the defense. You need the players that can run his defense, and that means you need real improvement at the defensive tackle position, and you need pass rushers opposite Miles Garrett. And you're going to have to spend, you know, free agency dollars or draft picks and, on those positions. And can you get in enough to, good guys at those positions to run what Jim Schwartz wants to run? And then also get the wide receiver that you need and make sure that you guys are good at center. And there's like a lot uh, that needs to come in, but there's not a lot that's leaving. So it, it's sort of, they're sort of in a position where I don't know how much turnover there's going to be from this year to next year, which is a good thing in that they're not losing their best players, but it's a bad thing in that they're not going to be gaining players at the positions where they really need to be gaining players. Aaron, you think they have enough depth? in the defensive backfield where trading from a position of strength might lead to a new defensive tackle or a wide receiver or something like that? Or would you leave that group alone? I probably would leave it alone because what they've got is the starters, but they don't have anyone to replace the starters, right? That Greedy Williams is a uh, free agent, so there's like three cornerbacks, so there's your starting corners because you have to consider three corners to be starters in the modern NFL. Yep. And they've got the two safeties, but uh, what is it? Ronnie Harrison is a free agent, so they don't, have the replace, they don't have a replacement for one of those two guys if they were to trade one of those two guys. So I feel like that's a place where at least they could feel like they're strong and they're confident. Like, this is, like we have good starters here. We could use a little bit more depth, but we have good starters there. I don't think they'd want to get rid of one of those guys. Who do you like on Sunday? Oh, man, it's so tough. It really is 50-50. But if, uh, the first thing is, if you made me play something in this game, I would actually play the over rather than either team because these offenses are so good and because they're, they're very fast offenses. They like to run a lot of plays in neutral situations. 
So I think you're going to have more plays, which equals more points. But if you made me pick a team, I would go with Kansas City. And the, the main reasons is, first, just quarterback is the most important position, and they have the better quarterback. And that's just, if, you know, if everything else is equal, that's where I'm going. Uh, the other is that the extra week off before the Super Bowl would seem to enhance what Andy Reid does well, which is game planning, rather than what Nick Sirianni does well, which is in-game decision-making. Like the in-game decision-making is going to be the same whether you have an extra week off or not, but Reid's got an extra week to game plan, and that would seem to favor the Chiefs a little bit. Aaron, thank you very much. We appreciate your time today. Thanks, Aaron. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. Hope everybody checks out Football Outsiders for all our draft and free agency and off-season coverage. You always do a great job with that. And again, it's footballoutsiders.com. You can follow Aaron on Twitter at F-O underscore A-S-C-H-A-T-Z. Aaron, thank you, bud. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Aaron Schatz from the Super Bowl. He likes Kansas City. I think I do, too. Who does Chris Rose like? Who likes Andy Baskin? I I know that. Keep your fingers crossed. He's next on Baskin and Phelps. 